Hallelujah. Let's continue on this morning. So we're going to continue the actual sermon series on happy hour. And, and last week, I had an opportunity to share with you uh, how we can enjoy happy hour every day and every hour. Uh, and that we need, we need no substitutes. Amen. There's no reason for us to substitute anything because we have the real thing. We don't need any, anything that, that's going to be able to take its place as far as us enjoying happiness in our lives in every circumstance. And we talked about that. We talked about how uh, when we can enjoy true joy or spiritual joy, we can enjoy it at any time of our lives. It's there, uh, whatever happens. And then we also uh, shared with you that uh, Christ, uh, without God in our life, he was a missing puzzle and piece, right, in our lives. So without the puzzle piece, we're always going to be empty, Right? He, he's the only one that's going to be able to actually fit the puzzle piece and make us complete and make us whole. So it doesn't matter what we do or what we have or what we say, but if we are disconnected from God, remember I talked about it, if we find ourselves disconnected from God, we are missing that peace, and we will never really truly enjoy true joy. We spoke about the joy that, that the joy that you can only have without Christ in your life is the joy that you can only celebrate during prosperity. When things are only going well for you and your family or you and yourselves, and you can honestly say, God, I am joyful, but as soon as something comes up, there's a wave or, or, or something happens in your life, where is that joy? It's gone. And it's because we're disconnected from God. Amen? And we need to be connected to Him always. And... Uh, so we talked about all these things and how true joy can be pre present in all circumstances. And I used all kinds of different things. I used, uh, of course, you know, Jesus, who, uh, the, the man who, who hung on the cross. We talked about being connected and we talked about the true peace and, and uh, about how we can express true joy in our lives. And we also uh, talked about, you know, the very first step in order for us to even obtain true joy is, first of all, we had to acknowledge that we needed Christ in our lives. And then we talked about how we need to know him, build a relationship with Christ. And then we talked about not only building a relationship, but, but staying connected with him throughout our entire lives. Now, listen, I know that it's difficult. It's hard sometimes for us, you know, for, uh, you know, uh, for, for us to say, you know, Pastor, really, uh, for us to really enjoy true joy in every circumstance. I mean, I've been going through some heavy stuff or I've gone through some heavy stuff and it's been very difficult for me to do. Can I tell you, you're not alone. Okay. You're not alone. It, it's going to happen. We're going to go through things in life. But it's through those circumstances that if we stay connected, if we b continue to build that relationship with Christ, that it's during those times that we can enjoy true joy. And one of the, reasons, and one of the ways that we can enjoy true joy is by being here among brothers and sisters in Christ. I need you just as much as hopefully you need me. I need you to pray for me. I need you to lift me up. I need you to encourage me. And we're going to talk about that this morning about joy. And so I continue the series with, uh, with Happy Hour and Part 2. And I've entitled my sermon here this morning. Uh, and hopefully you'll be able to take something home with you uh, uh, speaking about true joy. Listen, as born-again believers, we should always be happy. This morning, if you're not smiling, it's because you didn't brush your teeth. Amen? No. It's because you, you need to have true joy. Coming to church, sitting in church, and, and listening to, to the words of the, the music and the song and just worshiping God should get you in that, in that point in your life where it's like, man, you know, there's nothing that I cannot do but rejoice in God for what he has done. 
and have joy in my life, right? For the joy of the Lord is what? Our strength. If you're weak, man, we need joy. We need Christ in our lives. And I need you as an individual. I need you to pray for me. I need you to encourage me. I need you to call me, text me, whatever it is that you want to do, and say, Pastor, listen, I don't know if things are going well for you, but I just find it in my heart to, to call you and let you know that I'm praying for you, that I'm asking God that God would be with you, that God would help you with your sermon so they would get better. So that they would encourage us, so that you would, you know, God would use us as an instrument. I, I enjoy that. That lifts me up. I thank God for individuals who do text me. Uh, I, I get uh, 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 verses of the day uh, throughout my, sometimes on my phone, and, and, and I look and I says, and I read it, and I says, man, thank you. It, it was very uplifting. Thank you so much. We need each other. That is true joy, my brothers, to be able to help one another. So this morning. I've entitled my sermon, The Joy of Serving. There is joy in serving other individuals. Now, if you don't like serving other individuals, that means that you can't really have true joy in your life. Because if you truly have true joy, then you don't mind serving your brother. You don't mind serving your sister. You don't mind being there for them, caring for them, taking care of them, calling them, praying them, encouraging them. There is joy when we're able to serve one another. When I have an opportunity to serve either uh, one of you, it's a joy. I, I, it's something that I love to do. I, would, I love uh, uh, serving you as an individual. Whatever it is that I could do. And sometimes I've had people ask me, you know, Pastor, why are you doing these things? Why are you, why are you, you, you you're continuing to do these things? Don't you have other individuals? Listen, I enjoy serving. There's a saying that says, I, I can't be a leader unless I know how to serve. And we have one of the greatest examples, and that was Jesus Christ. And this morning, I want to share with you uh, the joy of serving. And some of the most humbling experiences that I've had in serving others, you know, regardless whether they're, you know, in, in their current situation. Now, whether they're doing well, whether they're not doing well, I still enjoy serving you. And some of the things that I've enjoyed in the past I have up here as examples is one is when we, we've gone to Honduras. We were able to go to Honduras this year, and we were able to uh, uh, be able to be of service to a lot of individuals. And then some of uh, uh, the individuals that were able to go, Desiree, those that were here, uh, you, you uh, had an idea of what it was to serve others that were in need. And being able to take food and, 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 and pray and, and encourage and just be there and help out in different projects, you know, it, it, it's really a true joy in my life to be able to give back and to serve somebody that was in need and to be able to take them food when they, weren't having, when they didn't have any food, to pray with them and encourage them. Now, listen, it, it might have not been a lot of food, but to them, it was a big deal. And it's a joy to be able to give to somebody that's in need. And it's also a true joy to give to somebody that's not in need. Just because things are going well doesn't mean that they can't use a phone call from you and say, hey, brother, I know things are going well for you, but listen, spread some of that joy over here. Amen. And lift each other up. I've also had the uh, opportunity to uh, do Adopt-A-Block. 
And, uh, uh, you know, uh, I've shared many stories about Adopt-A-Block, but we were able to serve our community by going out and just helping our community, uh, uh, individuals either in their homes or local homes, uh, in their properties that they had, serving them food, giving them clothes, uh, just being there. I think uh, uh, we would actually go out on Thanksgiving, and we would actually uh, make baskets, and we, uh, in the basket we would have a complete Thanksgiving dinner, and we would go out to adopt a block, and we would go to every home, and we would knock uh, on the day before Thanksgiving, and we would give them the, the food, and uh, someone would say, you know, oh, thank you so much. We have, we have enough. It's okay. We just want to bless you. We just want to serve you. And some would say, you know what, man, we didn't know what we were going to do this year. You know, my husband or, or I lost my job, and I didn't have anything, and, and I didn't know if we were going to be able to have a family dinner. And I thank you so much for coming and, and helping us out. And there's joy in serving one another. There is joy, my brothers. There is joy. Also, home missions, as some of you guys have participated in home missions, but to be able to feed the homeless, right? To be able to be a part of, of here in the community, just to serve our community, to be a part of our community, and to, to give to home missions and to be here for our brothers and sisters, to be here for our community. It, there's a joy in doing it, my brother. I know that sometimes it gets kind of, you, you say, you know what, Saturdays are very important to me, Pastor. You know, the weekdays are very important to me, but can I tell you, sometimes we have to sacrifice time, right? Issues, money, difficulty, so in order to be able to serve. And there's joy in serving. I've also had the opportunity in, in, be, in handing out Christmas, Christmas gifts during Christmas time. It's a joy to be able to hand out. I remember one time that we were giving out Christmas gifts, and uh, this was at my work, and, and we collected a whole bunch of gifts, and we were going to different homes, and there were a lot of people that were in need that we would go, and they would be so happy. It says, man, thank you so much for, for, for giving these, you know, to me and my family, my children. We didn't know what we were going to do this year. It's a joy to serve. And I've had opportunities that way to be able to serve. And it's a passion that I have. And, and this particular passion comes from God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And when I do these things, I do it with a joyful heart. We have to be joyful, my brothers. When somebody calls you on the phone, don't ignore their phone call. Right? Oh, I know this number. Oh, that's, oh, that's Sister I'm not going to answer that right now. Listen, we should be joyful to hear from my brother, to hear from my sister. Not complain, but to lift each other up. Amen? Hallelujah. There was a, a personal quote or, or, or a tweet, I guess if you call it, that I sent out the other day. It says, the joy of serving others is not a normal reaction, but an act of faith that comes from Christ who has consumed your soul. That when you're able to serve others and you have joy in doing it, it's not because of my benefit. It's not because it's going to benefit me. It's because I know him and he's in my heart and he's taken over and I'm connected with him. And I do what I do joyfully because he has consumed my soul. It is Christ who lives in me. And I do what I do and I give when I give because it's Christ who lives in me. Nothing else, and it shouldn't be anything else. I shouldn't do it because I want to grab, get something in return. But I do it because Christ lives within me. He consumes my soul. And it's through his son, Jesus Christ, that I'm able to have that joy. 
So when we go every day without praying to God and asking him or, or just giving him thanks or staying connected, can I tell you, we're on our own. And that's when it's hard for us to give joy. That's when it's hard when we're driving and we see my brother or my sister and they say, oh, let's go this way. Or you're in the store and say, oh, let's walk this way. Or you're in church and let's sit over there. The only way that we can obtain true joy is to know that he has consumed us. And there is joy in serving one another. There really is. You know, I, I remember back in the days when we, we, we had the opportunity, me and my family, uh, of course, my dad was a pastor, so we would go visit families all week long. Remember that, Brother Garcia? Uh, Garcia when, when, when pastors would come and, and they would visit every one of the families in the church. And they would go, and without hesitation, without hesitation, his family says, hey, yes, come on in, pastor, come on in. You know, there were six of us. You know, so it's like, oh, come on in, you know, type. <laughs> come on in. Yes, enjoy. And we would sit down. I remember that we would sit there and we would we would we would laugh. You know, we would we would we would, you know, one of the things my parents would always make me sing songs, you know, all our, our my brothers and sisters. OK, you know, uh, Misael, you know, Orpha, Deborah, come here. And we were like, huh, what's going on? We'd be playing. And it says, all right, we're going to hear. You. OK, we want to hear you sing. It's like what? So here we are. We would have to sing, you know. When I see my brother standing by the road with a heavy load. You guys remember that? That's very old. I don't think you guys remember that. And we would sing. But there was a joy that would take place in that, in that time. Now it's different. Right? Oh, I hope nobody comes over my house. <clears throat> or you go and you knock and nobody wants that. And you see the little curtain and it goes back down. <laughs> I know you in there, my brother. I heard you. <clears throat> This is a recording. No one is home. <laughs> My brother Zeke does that all the time, but he gets us all the time. When we call him, he doesn't answer. And then when he does answer, he says that, you know, I'm sorry, this is a recording. We please, he goes, no, man, I know you're on the other line. <laughs> Listen, it consumes you to serve one another. There is joy in serving one another, my brothers. We need to learn to love one another. Care for one another. Lift each other up. Be there for one another at any cost, at any time. It saddens my heart when I do hear or I listen to, to certain individuals when it says, you know what, I, I've been going through some things and, you know, I really haven't had any contact with anybody or, or nobody's prayed and I haven't received it. And it saddens my heart to have a body in Christ who could actually say, you know what, I, I, I'm going to be there for you. I'm going I'm to encourage my brother. I'm gonna, I, I just want to take time to, to be there for you and encourage you. There is joy in serving one another. And we need to get into that habit that after service, find somebody that you haven't really hung out with, that maybe you've been attending here at Trinity for a little while. Find somebody and invite them to lunch. All right, invite them over for lunch or invite them out and says, listen, you know, how would you and your family like to come out? We just want to get to know you a little bit more. We see you there at the church. We see you sitting on that side. I've never really got to know you. Can I encourage you? There is joy in that. I enjoy giving of myself. I enjoy serving others. There have been many times, uh, and, and hopefully that you can testify to this, but there's been many times where I've been able to serve you in different areas. And it's been a joy. It's not a burden of, of myself. I enjoy serving you. Now, not every family come at once after service says, Pastor, can you take us out to lunch? 
But there is joy. There is joy, my brothers, when we serve one another. So why do it? Why should we serve others? Let's go to Romans chapter 15, verses 1 through uh, 3. I'm going to read this in, in, in two translations. One, of course, in the NIV, and then I'm going to read it in, in the Good News translation. Romans chapter 15, verse 1 through 3 this morning. I want to read that. And it reads this way. It says, we who are strong ought to bear with the fallings of the weak. And not to please ourselves, verse 2, each of us should please our neighbors for their what? Good. To build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. Now listen to the translation, the good news translation. It says, we who are strong in the faith ought to or are obligated to help the weak to carry their burdens. We should not please ourselves. Instead, we should all please other believers for their own good in order to build them up in the faith. For Christ did not please himself. Instead, as the scripture says, the insults which were hurled at him have fallen on me. That is Christ speaking. We who are strong in the faith. I am speaking to every born again believer here this morning. That if you are strong in faith, that it is up to me and you to be able to go and help our brother when, in time of need when he is weak. We are obligated that Christ is saying, look, listen, Paul is writing here. And he's saying, look, as a church, as an individual, we are obligated that if we are strong, if we've got good things going for us, if, if, if God is doing good things and we are strong in our faith, it's up to us to be able to find those who are weak and help them out. You say amen. And the good thing about it is that it's not for ourselves, but it's for the benefit of them. When we're able to serve one another, it's not for our benefit, but it's for the benefit of those that we are serving so that they can be lifted up, so that they can be encouraged. Can you say amen? And there is joy, my brother, when we do these things. Smile, laugh. It's okay to be able to help my brother in need, to help my sister in need. There is joy when we serve each other. And Paul is speaking to a large group of believers here in Rome. And he shares with them a couple of views of the gospel, which include Christ's act as a servanthood. And, and he serves as a model for you and me today. Now, in the former scriptures, Paul brings to light a few principles concerning our obligation to serve one another. So the joy in serving others comes from acknowledging our faith. Can you say Amen. Our faith in Christ Jesus. So that means that we're operating on the substance of things that we hope for. And what? For the evidence of things that have not been seen. That is faith. When we're able to demonstrate faith and be joyful about it, it's us demonstrating that Christ lives within us. Right? He's consumed us. And we operate by faith. Everything we do is by faith, whether you think about it or not. Whether you, you, can, uh, you, you imagine about it or, or you think about it, you're doing it by faith. As a born-again believer, as a Christian, 
When we talk about faith, that is our lifestyle. That is our servanthood. We walk by faith. We live by faith, right? But do we actually know what that's talking about? Is it just the word? Is it something that we just practice on Sunday morning? Is it something that we just read in his word? What is true faith? You had faith this morning that when you walked into this church and you sat down on that chair and that chair was going to hold you. You didn't even think about it, did you? That's what faith is. We walk by faith. We acknowledge true joy by the faith that we have. That means that we experience things that we don't even see. There are things that we're hoping for. There are things that we see in a far, that we read about in his word, but that's the way that we should operate when we serve one another. We shouldn't see it as a burden. We shouldn't see it as something that's going to take time. We should do it because we are faith. There is faith within us. We're doing it because there is something that we know that when we give unto somebody or we help somebody out, that there is true joy. That's the only way that we can experience true joy is the faith that we have. We live by faith every day. And most of us don't really recognize it because we really haven't taken advantage of being in the third dimension. Because that's where God dwells. He dwells in the impossible. Things that we cannot see. Things that we cannot touch. Things that we can't, that we can't even fathom. And that is, that is faith. And that's when it says here that so joy is serving others. It comes from acknowledging our faith in Christ Jesus. Things that we hope for but evidence of things not seen. Our faith is what we have that we one day we're going to make it, right? We're going to be able to see God once again or Christ. One day that we're going to see our loved ones that have gone before us. That if I stay connected to him and that I know exactly what true joy is in my life. And I know what it is to serve one another because I love my brother and I love my sister. And there's joy in doing that. And all that does, it increases my faith. It increases my faith to the point that I know that one day I'm going to see my loved one once again. That's faith, my brother. And that's what's going to help you to be uh, joyful when we serve one another. It tells us in 1 Peter chapter 1.8. That we should have a life of servanthood always. And it says, though you have not seen, you love him. And yet, even though you do not see him, now you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. You remember that last week? Matthew 20, 28 tells us that even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And then Matthew 23, 11 tells us that the greatest among you shall be your servant. That was Christ Jesus. The greatest example that you and I have about being servants is to follow his lead. You say amen. Can I tell you here, family, this morning that we have an obligation to fulfill and that is to develop a life of joyful servanthood. To enjoy serving one another. That every day when you wake up, it is, what can I do to help 
somebody in need. Not what can happen or what can I do that's going to better myself, but what can I do to help somebody that's in need? And how do we know when somebody is in need? Well, the only way, my brother, that, you, that you're going to know that somebody is in need is if you talk to one another. Call one another. Pray for one another. Text one another. Facebook one another. That's the only way. And we have an obligation to fulfill, to live a life of joyful servanthood, to help my fellow brother in his time of weakness, to maintain a joyful spirit. Can you say amen? So real quick, how do we accomplish these things? How do we maintain the joy of serving? First of all, we need to be healthy in what we do in our spiritual lives. Verse 1 says, we who are strong, right? We need to maintain strong in our faith, right? We need to live in the third dimension. We need to maintain strong in what we believe in. We need to stay connected in order for us to have really true joy and serve others. We have to maintain, right, true faith. We have to maintain knowledge. We have to continue to study the word of God. That's got to be really the number one book that we should be reading. I see a lot of individuals when I travel or go places, and, they, and I have a hard time doing that, but uh, when, when you go to restaurants or when you go someplace uh, or they're putting gas, I always see individuals that have a book with them, and they're reading a book, right? It's like, man, that's hard for me just to sit down and even read, much less, you know, do these things and read. I just can't do that. But can I tell you the number one book that we should be reading is the Word of God. And we need to maintain healthy by by the knowledge of God. We need to maintain healthy through His grace. Understanding really what God has done in our lives. God has been gracious to us. God has brought us from where we were at and He's brought us to here now. And we need to maintain healthy in that area and remember that of God's true grace upon our lives. We need to maintain, right, uh, healthy through compassion. And we need to stop judging our brothers and our sisters in Christ. We need to be compassionate. In order for us to really experience joy in serving others, we need to be healthy, my brother, spiritually healthy. We need to stay connected and we need to go through all these things every day of our lives and build a life of compassion to love one another, to care for one another and lift each other up and not tear them down. And it says that we must continue to deny ourselves and become unselfish. Can you say amen? Matthew 16, 24 tells us, Then Jesus said to his disciples that whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Second thing, how do we maintain a, a life of joy or a, a joy of serving one another? We need to maintain a humble spirit. Can you say amen? Verse 2 says, instead, we should please other believers for their own good, to help build them up, to help build their faith up, to encourage them. When you see my brother down, listen, we all, we all have issues. We all have troubles, right? And, and, and we'll, we just got to be honest here. Sometimes we'll come on church on Sundays or we'll come or we'll see him throughout the week. And, and my brother and my sister, they're just not having a good day, right? It's going to happen. You know, it's going to happen. But can I tell you that we need to be there and lift each other up. We need to encourage one another and lift them up in their faith. 
And the only way we're going to do that is to know the word of God. If we don't know the word, how can we share the word? That's why I'm saying we got to understand and read the word of God. That has to be a part of our everyday life. In order for us to be servants of what we need to be, true servants, and have a joyful spirit in serving my brother and serving my sister, not only do we need to know the word, but we need to be there to lift them up faithfully. Encourage them. Share the word of God. Let them know, listen, man, the Bible says that God is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And I am an honest testimony that. And share your testimony of what God has done for you. Listen, there was a brother, there was a sister. I thank God because they prayed for me. They lifted me up. So I'm here now. I'm doing the same thing for you. I'm here to encourage you, my brother. I'm here to lift you up. When your faith is down, when you're hurting, I want to be there for you. And the only way that we can do that, amen, is to maintain a good, faithful life. To maintain a humble spirit. To sympathize with one another. Be sensitive with one another, right? Uh, uh, Yearn for one another. Be there for one another. To be concerned for one another. To be anxious for one another. When they're going through troubles or trials. Be concerned about what they're going through. Be interested and be involved in what's going on. Maintaining a humble spirit. Ministering strength to one another. And the only way that you're going to do that is to set a good example. How good is it going to be for me to go to try to help my brother or my sister when I myself am not maintaining a good life with God? So how do we maintain a joyful spirit or serving one another is to maintain a humble spirit. We need to exercise the power of encouragement. Can you say amen to that? We need to learn to build each other up, right? We need to uh, seize the moment. Become prayer partners with one another. Share your testimony with one another. Stay connected with one another. Uh, Follow up, right? We need to do follow-up. One of the things that we want to do here at Trinity, of course, at any local church, is we want to have the right type of follow-up. We want to know what's going on, not not just to know what's going on in your life, but we want to be there for you and encourage you and follow up with you. And the third thing, maintaining a spirit of servanthood, is that we must maintain an unselfish heart. Verse 3 tells us, for Christ didn't please himself. And as the scriptures say, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. Christ was never unconcerned about the world. His main concern was about us, you, me. Never pleasing himself. Never wanted to do his will, but he would always say, I do my father's will. Unselfish. John 6, 38 tells us, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who has sent me. He even got to the point where he troubled himself and went out of his way and he washed his disciples' feet. Wasn't concerned about himself. He always emptied himself to others. His whole life was a self-denying, self-displeasing life. And it says that he bore our infirmities of our weakness. 1 Peter 2.24 tells us he himself bore our sins. And in his body on the cross, 
so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. A life of unselfishness. He died for you and me. He paid a price that you and I could not pay. And he died for you. Unselfishly. And in order for us to enjoy serving one another, my brothers, is we have to be strong in the word. We have to learn to encourage one another. Be there for one another. Don't be selfish. Joy in all circumstances. You know, I can honestly say that this past few days, I actually witnessed what I stand up here and I preach all the time. Last week when I ministered the sermon on being able to have joy in all circumstances, I brought up the circumstances of going through sorrow and difficult times. And a few days ago, or actually yesterday, we buried my uncle who we were all very close to. It's a big family, but we all gathered together. And it's just like the Garcia family. Man, when we get together, brother, all we do is just laugh, man. We have a good time. And my Uncle Roy or Leroy was one, of the, was one of the most craziest persons you would ever meet. And uh, he would be funny when he was sober, and he would be hilarious when he wasn't, if you know what I'm talking about. That was his lifestyle. That was the, 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 you know, that was the life that he lived. And we constantly, every time that we gathered together and every time that we spoke to our family members, we would always say, you know, we've got to be praying for Leroy. We've got to be praying for some of my other uncles, but we'd be praying for him. But as I spoke last week and I stood here in front of you and I said, you know what, God, there is joy in every circumstance. And this week, or actually yesterday, I got to witness that. As I sat back there and as I watched his family, as they walked and they, they passed his coffin and his body and they looked and, of course, they began to cry and there were tears of sorrow and, and, and tears that they were going to miss, you know, the, uh, her spouse and her family or her uncles. And, and, you know, I, of course, you know, I got emotional and I cried myself. It's okay to cry. Men cry, Okay. True men cry. And I sat there and I was, I was thinking about the sermon that I had just preached. And I began to think about my, and I began to uh, reach down deep into my soul. And, and instead of sorrow, I began to actually be happy on the inside. And I began to, to feel this warm feeling over me. That it's something that I cannot explain. And it's that thing that we talk about, that there is peace that surpasses all understanding. And as I sat there and I saw all my family members and everyone going through there, I was sad, but at the same time, I was lifted up. And there was actually joy during that time and moment. I said, oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the time that we had him here with us on earth. Thank you for all that you have done for the new family members, for my cousins, relatives that are here because of this man. And then the most important thing of all that I could sit back and I could actually smile and have true joy during this time of my sorrow is to know that God's grace 
was sufficient for this man that at the last moment, at the last time, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. What better joy than to know that? And the rest of the funeral service, of course, you know, we all had a good time. We talked. We laughed. We'll miss him, just like everybody else. You know, and it's something that, that we talk about, and I think I've shared this many times here. Would you stand with me this morning? There's many things that we talked about as the piscinas or as the lunas. He says, you know, we have honestly been blessed in our family. And we've been blessed because we've never really had to bury somebody in the family in such a long time besides my grandparents when they left. But we all knew that this day was coming, just like each and every one of us here today. There's going to come a time in your life when you're going to go through sorrow, when you're going to go through difficulties in your life, when you're going to go through things in your homes that you're just like, there is absolutely no way that this is going to work out. Can I tell you that if we stay connected to Jesus Christ, that we can, during that time, that we can experience true joy. And the most important thing of all is that you have me, you have my brother, you have my sister next to you, that we want to serve you, and there is joy in serving you. Joy. Happy hour. Every day of our life. Thank you for listening to this sermon by Pastor Mike Piscina of Trinity Abundant Life Church. If you're ever in the area, please stop by and join us for corporate worship every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 412 Cumberland Drive in Austin, Texas, 78704. If you would like more information, feel free to call us at area code 512-447-4711. And don't forget to visit us on Facebook at Trinity ALC. Thank you and have a blessed day.